0: the back of my car, just hoping I can get it far enough. And I think I, um, I think I had an SUV then. And I was pushing it, and of course somebody else pulls in and like looks at me, and I'm trying to be nonchalant, like, no, nah, <clears throat> what's up, you know? <laughs> I don't want him to know that I'm struggling to push my car to the gas pump, right? And then he's like, do you need help? And I'm like, ah, yeah, I guess I do need some help. So thankfully this guy came and he pushed my car and I got it to the gas tank, which means, by the way, that Pastor John didn't actually bring me a gas can, which means I don't have to keep that promise to keep my tank empty. And my car right now is probably a testament to that fact. The point is, I've learned there are some problems that you cannot solve yourself. As much as I would like to have gotten that, solve that, push the car all by myself, there are some problems. You cannot solve by yourself. As we've been going through this series, something that Pastor John has said numerous times is, we were not meant to do life alone. And I would add, we were meant to do life together. We were meant to be a part of a community of believers who live out our faith together. And I use that phrase, life together, intentionally because it's the name of a book that I've read recently called Light Together, written by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. An incredible little book. I recommend you read it if you haven't already. Um, And as I was reading this book, Life Together, it talks about the value of authentic Christian community, of real Christian community. And I was so struck by the last chapter that I read it several times. The last chapter talks about confession. And I would summarize it this way. I would say, confession is an essential part of Christian community. Confession is an essential part of our Christian community. So we're going to look at uh, our text for this morning. Um, is James 5.16. Uh, it's just one verse. It's probably the shortest text I've used. In fact, it's not even a full verse. It's just the first half of the verse. Um, and it says in James 5.16, if you're looking for it, it says... Confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Short, sweet, to the point, pretty black and white, pretty clear. Confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so that you may be healed. Lord, we just want to invite you this morning as we discuss this passage, I pray that you would breathe upon it with your Holy Spirit. Um, I pray that you would teach us the value and the importance of confessing our sins to each other. I pray that you would bring healing into this place for sins um, that have been covered. I pray that as they're brought to light, you would bring healing in our lives. Help our hearts to be open. Help our ears to be open. In your name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. So James is pretty clear here uh, that we ought to confess our sins to each other so that we may be healed. The word healed actually means whole. It doesn't just mean not sick. It's not just the absence of sickness. Healed is the presence of health. And that's what we're shooting for. You guys get that? We're not just looking for, okay, I made it through today. I'm not sick. I'm not depressed. I'm all right. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking for wholeness. We're looking for health. We're looking for the fullness of the abundance of the life that God has given given us. I believe, and I'm being honest about myself right here, too often we settle for less than God intended us to live for. Are you guys with me? Do you know what I'm talking about? We get okay with a good life and we miss the fullness, the wholeness that God has for us. And I want to tell you, a key to wholeness is confess your sins to one another. So what comes to your mind when I say confession? Now, if you're familiar with maybe like a Catholic tradition, perhaps you envision a confessional Or maybe you've just seen movies where where that happens. I've I've definitely seen that in enough movies where you go into this wooden box and there's a priest behind a screen and you tell him all the terrible things you've done. And we all know the movies. The priest is not allowed to tell anybody um, whatever you say. I've never actually done that. Maybe some of you have. Um, And so maybe that comes to mind when I say confession. Maybe you're thinking of something a little more daunting like that. But that's not what I'm talking about. In fact, the word accountability might be a better word for what we think of it's an honest conversation that you have with another believer about things in your life that God's dealing with that's all it is it's just an honest conversation a vulnerable conversation with somebody you trust about what God's doing so I am going to give you three simple simple points if you're taking notes and I hope you are if you're taking notes uh, I have three simple points they're from uh, Bonhoeffer's book about uh, life together The first one is simple. Confession is conversion. Confession is salvation. You don't get saved until you're willing to admit there's something wrong. You can't be saved until you admit you have a problem. It's the first step in moving towards Jesus because faith in Jesus is the antithesis of self-help. A lot of times, evangelical Christianity and self-help get kind of lumped together, especially if you go into a bookstore and you look for books. You'll see those ones side by side, and for good reason. However, they are the opposites. Self-help says, if I do some things, I can make my life a little bit better. Christianity says, I cannot do anything good. Apart from Jesus, I'm a failure. I can do my best, my best to have a good attitude, to have good behavior, to try to do good things. But the truth is, deep down inside, I'm broken, I'm messed up, and I don't get fixed apart from the grace of Jesus, apart from the mercy, the forgiveness, and the love of Jesus. Amen? Are you guys with me? Salvation, the Bible tells us, is by grace alone, grace only, are we saved. And that comes through your faith. But even that faith is a gift from God. It's nothing you do, it's nothing you can boast about. In fact, Paul the Apostle writes and he says, if I'm going to boast about anything, I'm going to boast about how weak I am. Because the weaker I am, the stronger he is. Confession is such an integral part of conversion. You don't come to faith in the Lord without confessing that you need him. look at the word confess, it means to admit, to acknowledge. I like that acknowledge. It's like, yeah, I already know. And I'm just acknowledging what I already know inside. In fact, a lot of times, let's be honest, when we confess things, we're acknowledging things that other people already know. Do you know what I'm talking about? You tell someone, like, listen, i got to be honest, I've had a really bad attitude. And they're going, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. We know that. (laughs) You think you're like admitting something that you've been hiding, but most people can see it. Now, to, to confess is to say out loud what we already know to be true in our hearts, and it's good for us to do. But it's not easy because admitting you're wrong is not easy. Admitting you're wrong does not come naturally to us, right? Uh, One of my (laughs) favorite movie lines uh, is from a silly kids movie and um, the villain, who's actually the hero, spoiler, but the villain, Megamind, says to his minion, whose name is actually Minion, they get in an argument about something and then he feels bad and he he comes back later and he says, Minion, you were right and I was less right Which just demonstrates how hard it can be sometimes to say, I was wrong. (laughs) To admit that you did something that was wrong. But according to 1 John, if we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful to forgive us. He's faithful to cleanse us from all of those sins. If we don't confess our sins, this is exactly what he says, if you don't confess your sins, then you're a liar, and that's a sin. But if you confess him, he is faithful. He is good to get you right on, back on the right track. If we just admit that we need help, we can be saved. But this can be hard. We don't want to admit those things. We don't want to uncover those things. One thing that Bonhoeffer said is that sin wants to remain unknown. You know what I'm talking about? Sin wants to re- remain unknown because it knows if you bring it into the light, then it will die, and it doesn't want that. Which is why I believe, as Christians, we know that confessing our sins is something we ought to do. However, we've gotten really, really good at confessing our sins using Christian language. Do you know know what I'm talking about? When you say, like, i got to be honest, I was going through a struggle, but now I've overcome my struggles. Oh, thank you for your honesty. That's amazing. Or they'll say things like, I was going through a stormy season. It was a dark time. It was a valley that I was in. You haven't confessed to anything. You're just painting us a nice picture. That's not what confession is. It sounds good in songs and poems, but it's, it's not what confession is. Confession is when you say, listen, I yelled at my wife last night, and I said some really, really hurtful things, and I didn't mean them. I don't know why I said them, I wish I hadn't. And I haven't even apologized to her yet. I need to apologize. That's, that's confession right there. You're talking about the thing that you want to you deal with. And you say, listen, I visited some websites that I shouldn't have visited. I spent too much time clicking around, looking at things I shouldn't have looked at. And I, and I keep going back to this thing even though I, wanna, I want that to be done. That's what confession is, is when you get specific about it. How many of you guys have ever had to deal with Bushes or small trees or anything like that that growing in places that they shouldn't be growing. I was at the Frasers' house last weekend, um, helping them out with some with some trees. Here's the thing: I've, I've found this whole thing. The same thing happened at my own house, where I have these small trees or small bushes that grow up in places where I don't want them to grow. So you deal with it. You can cut them down. You can trim them back. You can cut them down. I've cut them down right at the dirt. There we go, no more tree, it's gone, right? That thing's taken care of, not a problem. Mm -mm. Give it six months, give it a year, it'll be right back where it was. There's only one way to deal with those kinds of trees and bushes. You guys know what it is? You dig down till you can find the root, you put a chain around the root and you attach it to a vehicle and you pull it up out of the ground. That's what you do. You gotta pull it out. Because once it's out, then you've dealt with it. And when I was doing that, every time I do that, the Lord speaks to me and he says, this is what sin is like in your life. You can cut it off so no one sees it. You can clean it up. You can try to hide it, try to take care of it. But if you don't dig it out by the roots, it's going to grow back. It is absolutely going to grow back. And it's going to spread too. If there's sin in your life, you need to dig it out. And this, the way to do that, I'm telling you, is to confess it to a brother or a sister. If there's a way to deal with deep-rooted sin that doesn't involve other Christians, I don't know what it is. You hear me? In my life, and I'm not that old, but in my life, I've never seen deep-rooted sin come out of people's life without other people. So if you're hiding something, if you're harboring something, you're not going to fix this on your own. You need other people. So moving on. Confession is discipleship. It is spiritual growth. And here, to this point, Bonhoeffer quotes Martin Luther, the great reformer, and he says, when I admonish you to confession, I admonish you to be a Christian. That's what it means to be a Christian, is to confess that there's stuff that's in me that needs to get made whole. Discipleship is the process of becoming more like Jesus, and this process of becoming more like Jesus begins with the simple recognition that I am not yet a perfect person. There are some people in this place who need to hear me say that. Or maybe you don't need to hear me say it. You need to say it yourself. I am not yet a perfect person. And that is the first step to becoming more like Jesus. That's the first step to discipleship. In James 5, 16, the verse we're looking at here, um, in different translations, there's a different word used there. The one we read this morning, it said, confess your sins. Um, Some translations, I think, say transgressions or trespasses. But the one that I like the most is the word false. And I like the word false because it covers a lot of ground. False includes things you intentionally, sinful things you chose to do. Like, I know I shouldn't do this. I know God does not want me to do this. I'm doing it anyways. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but we've all been there, right? But false also covers things you didn't mean to do. That was an accident. I was trying to say the right thing. I lost my temper or I forgot what I was supposed to say, and things just, you make mistakes. Sometimes, you just wake up grumpy, and you don't know why, and you say things that you regret later. So, faults is a great word, because those are the things that we need to deal with. It's not just like, well, I don't choose to sin. I don't choose to murder and steal and commit adultery, so I'm A-okay. No, we all have faults. Let me put it to you like this. Faults is anything in your life that's not Christ-like. And those are the things we want to confess and deal with. Confession is the first step in salvation, but it's also an important part of the routine of a disciple. If confession and accountability are not a part of your spiritual routine, then you are missing out. You are missing something valuable if you don't have that in your life. And I don't mean like, you got to eat your veggies because you know you're supposed to eat your veggies and you don't like them, but it's good for you. I'm not talking about that kind of missing out. I'm talking like they're serving apple pie and you've already left the table. Like you're missing something that is so good, something that once you learn to do, you're going to learn to love. I don't know about you guys, but I do not want to miss apple pie. Bonhoeffer put it this way. He said, is confession a requirement for believers? No, no. He said, not at all. If you're not having any trouble becoming Christ-like, if you never doubt your faith, if you never have bad days, if you never have frustrations, if you never get despaired, then you know what? You're good. You don't need confession to others. As long as you're doing good, then uh, you you don't need this. But let's be honest. That's not us, right? When he he said that, I was like, yeah, yeah that's me. I'm the person who sometimes doubts my faith, who sometimes doesn't do what I said I should do. I'm the one who still has unchrist like behavior, so I need that confession. And he said it's an absolute gift from God that we would be able to share these things with our brothers and our sisters. I mean, can you imagine if you couldn't confess things? So you just have to keep it inside, don't tell anyone, and hope that by the time judgment day comes, you don't have too much sin blocking your heart. That's a pretty scary thought. Thank God he gave us the opportunity to bring this stuff out in the, in the context of a Christian community and deal with it and find some growth and find some life, find some health like I talked about. Does that sound good to you guys? Who wants to live hiding your sin and your brokenness and your faults? Who wants to live covering that up? That's awful, Right? Get it out and grow past it. So confession is how we grow spiritually. We can't get where we want to go until we can admit that we are not there yet. I was thinking about the Israelites, maybe because I was reading through um, some of the Old Testament stuff. I was thinking about the Israelites who were in Egypt, and God brought them miraculously out of slavery, so they are free from slave, right? And now they're in a desert. And they could rejoice that they are no longer slaves, that they have been, they're free and they're not in captivity anymore. And they could get happy. They could get, te- get tent living in a desert. Yes, there's a promised land that we were told is f- filled with milk and honey and, and it's you know a wonderful place to go and live. And we're stuck in a desert. And I saw pretty clearly that we do the same thing. Jesus says that we're free, that we've been uh, forgiven we're accepted. We're, our names are written in the book. We're going to be in heaven, and we're happy. We're content, and we get too comfortable living in a desert. We get too comfortable living in a place that God did not intend us to live. We get too comfortable living with hidden sin and with fault and with brokenness in our lives that we're covering up and we're hiding, and we're, we're okay with that. And that is not the fullness of the life that God uh, saved us for. So don't get comfortable in the desert. Um, like I said, I have, um, I have two boys and one daughter, and my boys um, are into sports. A couple years ago, I remember they were playing soccer, and I was coaching them for soccer. And I remember saying, like, all right, guys, get your stuff. We're going to soccer practice. And uh, one of the boys said, why do we have to go to soccer practice? And I said, like, well, so we can learn how to play soccer better. And he says, get this, he's like six years old, and he says to me, I don't need to go to practice. I already know how to play soccer. Wonderful! This six-year-old kid here knows everything he's ever going to need about about how to play. And as long as a boy has an attitude of "I already know it all," then it's it's impossible to help that person improve. Contrast that um, with this: couple months ago, they started playing baseball, and one of my sons is playing baseball. um, And after one of the first practices. Uh, we talked, and he said, can we practice? Dad, can we practice a little bit more? I was like, sure. He said, I really want to get better. I want to learn how to field better, how to catch pop flies better, how to throw better, and that is an attitude of somebody who you can help grow. Somebody who's willing to say, like, I do want to do this better. I see where I'm not as good as I could be, and I want to get better. That's discipleship. That's spiritual growth right there, but it begins by admitting that you have, you have a, uh, you need to grow. Life groups are a perfect place to do this. I don't know how many of you guys are in a life group right now. There, for those of you who don't know, they're small groups that our church runs um, every so often, and so we have a, several life groups are meeting right now, and life groups are a great place for this to happen. Um, I, my wife and I are in a life group uh, about parenting, and so that's a really good opportunity for us to meet once a week, and we talk about parenting, and we talk about like so what are some areas you feel like you could be a better parent? Where are some places where you have some challenges? And we talk about some of the things that, some of the difficulties of having kids and things that we, we wish, situations we wish we had handled better. And we talk about that. And then we pray for each other. And there's, not, there's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no like, why are you doing that? You're terrible. No, I know these people care about me and love me. And it's a place for us to talk about how, what we want to grow in and grow. And maybe you're not in a life group. Um, but you must have friends. You you have uh, other small groups. You have other people that you meet with, other people you talk with, and this is an opportunity for you to say, I want to grow in my faith. When we're honest about our faults and our weaknesses, we take a step of growth. And third, finally, confession is communion. This goes back to what I said in the very beginning that uh, confession is an essential part of Christian community an essential part of authentic community. Bonhoeffer describes it as the final breakthrough into true fellowship. If we're not being honest about the fact that we have faults, if we're not being honest, then we're being fake. We don't have, we have a, a false sense of community. And you guys can probably imagine what I'm talking about, where you meet somebody, and you, you're, maybe this happens at where you work, or maybe at family reunions, or I don't know where you meet people, and you say, how are you doing? I'm good, things are great, things are great, awesome. And it's just, it's fake, and it's not genuine. And nobody wants that. Nobody likes fake, right? You know what blows my mind? Is some people prefer fake syrup over real maple syrup. I don't understand that. They need to repent of that, Why? For the most part, nobody likes fake, right? They want genuine. They want authentic. They want real relationship. And this community of believers is only authentic. It's only real if we're honest about our faults. You know what we want? We want to be ourselves and still be loved and still be accepted. We want to be who we really are and be confident that people still accept us. I think all of us have a little bit inside where we're thinking, I hope, I hope nobody's rejecting me. I hope nobody's looking down on me. I hope no one's judging me for this. That's what we long for, is that place where we can just be ourselves. Forgiveness, acceptance, life comes from communion with Christ, but it is most often experienced in relationship with other believers. You know what I mean? That acceptance, that forgiveness that comes from Christ is experienced in our relationship with other believers. Authentic community has the power to destroy shame. And some of us, many of us, are living with shame in our lives. And we worry that we're not accepted because of our past, because of things that are hidden in our hearts, because of who knows what. And we're afraid to really be ourselves because we might not be accepted. We might not be really loved. We might not be really cared about. But authentic community has the power to destroy that shame in your life. When you tell somebody else, this is the thing that's deep, dark inside of me, and they say, that's okay, I forgive you, I love you, you belong here. That destroys the, the hold of shame that the enemy has on your life. Let me tell you, before you knew Christ, the enemy used sin to try to destroy you. But once you have a relationship with Christ, he switches and he switches tactics and he tries to use shame to destroy you. You might not even have sinned that much, but he tries to get in there and and make you feel ashamed and embarrassed and feel terrible about things to keep you from Christ and to keep you from other believers. But confession breaks that, confession brings that communion that we need. When we confess our sins, God is gracious to forgive them. We know that, but the problem is that when we confess our sins to God in the comfort of our own private prayer time, there's room for doubt. Are you sure God heard that? Are you sure he forgave you? Are you sure you confessed all those things? And there's that doubt in your mind. How many of you guys, this is not a, rhetorical, don't you have to raise your hands, but how many of you guys use a daily pill holder? It has like the days of the week, and you have pills in there you take every, every single day. Um, because what happens is you're supposed to take something every single day, a medication of some kind, and if you don't have one of those, suddenly you can't remember. Wait, did I take it today? Has anyone else been there? Did I, I think I did. I can't. It doesn't feel like I did. I know that I did because I had my coffee, and I usually do it then, Now I can't remember. Maybe I should take another one just to be safe. But when you put it in that that daily thing, then you can just look and you can be sure, yes, I did what I needed to do. Even if it doesn't feel like I did it, I know that it's been done. Confession with another believer is the same thing. Bonhoeffer says confession brings certainty. When you can say to somebody else, this is the sin that I'm dealing with, and they can say, God forgives you. God loves you. It's behind you. There's a real certainty to that. When you say it out loud, it brings certainty to your soul. It's a certainty that we need. If there's doubt in your mind, have I been forgiven? Is there still sin in my life? Bring it to another believer. That is what brings certainty. Bonhoeffer put it this way. I love this. The Christ in your own heart is weaker. The Christ in your own heart is weaker than the Christ in your brother's word. When somebody else says, Jesus loves you, Jesus forgives you, Jesus accepts you, it has more power than when you just think it in your own mind. When you hear it out loud, it's easier to believe it. That's why we need each other. You know, just a super practical note about confession, by the way. I am encouraging you, I'm exhorting you to confess to one another. However, (laughs) uh, we don't need to confess all of our sins to all of the people we meet. Okay? We confess them to one or two other close friends, brothers or sisters, or people like that. We've had times before where someone uh, comes up front for a testimony and confesses all of their sins to all of the church, and that's awkward, isn't it? That's not necessary. You don't need to tell me all of your sins. <laughs> you need one other person or two other people or a small group of people who love you and you trust, and and you confess them. You don't need a priest. You don't need a priest. You don't need a pastor. According to James 5.16, all you need is somebody who's willing to pray for you, somebody who believes in the forgiveness of Jesus and is willing to pray for you. Because when you confess your sins to another, another person, you're not expecting them to absolve you. You're not expecting them to fix you. When you confess your sins to another person, you're inviting God to bring healing into your life. When you say it out loud, like this is an area of my life where I feel broken, where I feel like I'm stuck, you say it out loud to another person, but God is hearing. God hears your heart of wanting forgiveness and wanting growth. When you admit your faults to another person, you invite God to bring the healing. So your assignment if you choose to accept it this week, is to connect with somebody else. And maybe you are already in a small group, then I challenge you in your small group to be honest, to be vulnerable. Maybe you already have a friend, a close person that you you can share with. Reach out to that person this week. Talk to somebody. If you have things in your life that you've been struggling with and nobody knows, find somebody that you can confess those faults to. And you can find discipleship and find growth. I'm going to close with a quick word of prayer for us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this uh, gift of confession that you've given us. We thank you for this authentic community that you have uh, given to us. Um, I pray that this week, as we look for ways... Um, to bring out these faults that you would dig out the roots of sin that is in our lives. God, I pray for healing and I pray for wholeness and I pray for spiritual health in this place. I pray for a week of breakthrough from sin and a week of breakthrough from addiction and a week of breakthrough for things that the enemy has been using to hold us back, that shame would be broken off when things are confessed in the name of Jesus. I pray for those who feel alone, maybe they don't have a person that they feel that close to, I pray you'd bring people into their life that they feel comfortable with. Thank you for this, Lord. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. Amen. 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 All right. Amen. Be blessed. Have a good week. Don't forget, next week is Mother's Day. Don't forget.